Welcome to this podcast from Riverside Church Whitstable. We hope you find it helpful and encouraging. If you would like to find out more information about us, why not check out our website at riversideuk.org, our Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter at WhitRiverside. Yes, guys, it's wonderful to hear those uh, as try stories. So we're coming into land today. It's the last talk in this series. Um, When we give Sunday talks, we're not trying to impart information to you. We're not trying to get you to memorize things. What we're trying to do is create culture. We're trying to create, particularly uh, in our context, we're trying to create kingdom culture. Because culture is very powerful. Culture is very transformational. And if we can create positive culture in our environment, in our church, in our organization, then that's a real powerful force for change in the communities around us. Culture is made up of beliefs. It's made up of values, and it's made up of behaviours. And creating culture is more powerful than just communicating information because culture affects the way we behave. It affects the way we treat each other. It affects the way we relate. It affects the way we conduct ourselves to others. And our Riverside culture, you could describe as sort of the way we do things around here. You know, it was often I've got in conversation with people and... and and we chat and we say, well, the way we do things around here is like this, or we do X or Y. This is our culture. This is the, the kind of thing that's imbibed in our church. And one of the things that we focused on when we first moved into this building back in 2016 was we wanted to be, have a culture of radical welcome. We wanted to be radically welcoming to anybody who connected with this new site. So whether they came on a Sunday morning to a service, or whether they came for a coffee in the cafe, whether they hired a space from us, whether they connected with our compassion ministries, whatever way they connected with us, we wanted to be a positive force in their lives. And so we've used phrases over the years, you've heard me talk in all sorts of different ways about that generating that welcome culture. And we've used phrases like being good for everyone to try and create a bit of a mental hook for you and for me to remember this is the direction we're heading. We want to be a positive influence in our communities. And we believe that part of our God-given vision, vision, uh, vision is to create culture here at Riverside that really positively impacts the people around us. And so being a place of radical love and welcome means that when people do connect with us, they feel the warmth of God's love flowing through you and flowing through me. Now, five years on, thanks to you guys, that radical culture of welcome is woven through Riverside. We get countless testimonies of people who connect with us in all sorts of different ways saying how they felt that culture of welcome they might have come for a coffee they might have come and hired space from us they might have come and just connected with us momentarily even coming for a look around um, i have people wandering past my office regularly doing sightseeing tours just wandering around the building and there um it doesn't matter how they come we welcome them we welcome them with warmth and uh, it's through every expression of who we are now it's a key part of our culture If you went and turned over a stone on the car park, you'd find a riverside welcome underneath that stone because it's woven through who we are. That warmth of God's love is flowing through our culture. But creating culture isn't easy. In fact, lots of places would rather just communicate information rather than create culture because creating culture actually is quite hard. It's quite hard work. A friend once told me it's a bit like putting central heating into a house. Now, if you've only lived in modern houses or you've moved into houses that are already refurbished, you've never had the joy of living in a house while someone is trying to install central heating in it. 
We've lived in three houses where we've had to live while central heating was installed around us and underneath us and through. And, and central heating has to go everywhere. Your floorboards have to come up, the pipes have to go in, holes have to be drilled in walls and joists, radios have to be rung, flues have to be fitted, boilers have to be put up. It's a very invasive process putting central heating into a house, particularly if you're trying to live in that house at the same time. Then comes the moment the, the central heating is commissioned. The boiler's fired up, the system's filled full of water, and you're praying for no leaks to the bedroom floor, you know, in terms of the whole thing gets, gets commissioned. But then the warmth of the central heating starts to permeate every room of the house as those radiators come online, and you, f- you feel the warmth and the effect of that central heating throughout the whole home. And culture's a bit like that. When you have a positive culture in an organisation, you feel the warmth and the effects of that throughout the whole organisation, regardless of where you, where you connect with that organisation, you feel that culture. And so culture can be a very positive thing. Sometimes we, we come into contact with negative culture or, or, or culture isn't positive. We may have been in organisations with, with negative culture. And again, it permeates the whole place for good or for bad. There's a guy called Peter Drucker, There he is, and uh, he was a a lead thinker on organisational management, and he said this, a famous phrase, culture eats strategy for breakfast. And what he meant by that phrase was, it doesn't matter how good your plans are, or your strategies, or your, your calendar, if your culture is fixed and unmoving and rigid, then those things won't come to pass. It doesn't matter how great your planning or your aspirations are, if your culture is fixed and rigid then you won't move into the things that you want to move into. Your culture is the most powerful tool for success or the demise of your organisation. So no matter, matter how good your plans are or your, your aspirations are or your goals are, if your culture is unmoving, then you won't move into those things. Culture always dictates performance. It always dictates the outcomes in an organisation. Because culture is not time-limited like a sermon series or a talk that you give on a Sunday. Culture pervades and culture continues. And so it will always supersede and dominate your strategies or your programs. Culture sticks around a long time after a talk has finished and it stays with us. We carry it around whether we're aware of it or not. And so a church might have a great plan to change something. But if their culture is fixed and rigid and unmoving, they won't move into those aspirations. Regardless of how beneficial those changes might be, their culture can prevent them moving into that future. Culture will always eat strategy for breakfast, as Peter said. The great thing about a positive culture, and what I would call a kingdom culture, is that it's a great coach. And when I say the word coach, I don't mean a big bus full of people. I mean like a sports coach, like someone who would mentor and encourage you in a direction. And positive culture acts like a coach to us. It acts like uh, someone encouraging us into certain behaviours. So let's imagine someone who joined Riverside who struggled with the, the benefit of welcome culture. Why do we need to be a welcoming church? If they stuck around, they'd be immersed in our welcoming culture. They'd feel the warmth of it, they'd feel the effect of it, and hopefully it would coach them into becoming a welcoming person too. They'll be catching us, they'll be catching our culture. We said in this series that more is caught than taught. So you stick around people, you tend to catch what they carry, you tend to see what they model, and that can affect and influence you. 
So that person would catch our welcome culture and hopefully over time they themselves would become part of that welcome culture. They'd be a channel for that welcome culture. And hopefully they end up welcoming people as they were welcomed into Riverside. And so positive culture can really encourage us and coach us into love and good deeds, into the good things of God. And culture helps us to say yes to some things and no to other things. It's a bit like traffic lights. It gives us a green yes or a red no. Some things we will do and some things we won't do. For instance, if you see someone standing on their own, uh, maybe before a church gathering like this, our welcome culture would say, well, that's a red light. We shouldn't have anyone standing alone. We've used phrases in the past, haven't we, like no one stands alone to try and help us remember that we have a welcoming culture. So if we see someone on their own looking quite sort of lonely, that would be a red light to us. The green light would be go and say hi to them. Our culture would be whispering in our ear like a coach, go and say hi to that person. Go and welcome them. Go and you know, encourage them. Draw them into the community, the family of God. And it wouldn't need me to come along and nudge you in the arm and say, go and talk to that person over there. Because culture would do it for me. Our welcoming culture would be whispering in your ear, it's not good that person's on their own. I need to go and chat to them and make them feel welcomed and warm and accepted. And so culture is a great coach. It really helps us say yes to some things and no to other things. Does it work? Well, it does. It does work. Culture is a powerful agent for transformation. I've had people come to Riverside on the first time they've arrived. They've come to me and said, it's my first day here today. I've had such a massive warm welcome from so many people. I've already had three invitations to lunch. This is amazing. And that's because you guys are imbibing that culture of warm welcome. It works. Another culture we've tried to develop at Riverside is being green, yes, if you like, green traffic light to spirit-led and no stop to spirit-weird. Okay? So we do spirit-led, but we don't do spirit-weird. Okay? We want to be normal in our faith and the way we imbibe it. So if someone chooses to come to Riverside, and maybe they carry a spirit that's not welcoming, or they carry a spirit spirit-weird, if you like, they're going to hit against our culture. They're going to feel like they're swimming against the current. And for us, it's going to feel a bit like stroking a dog the wrong way. It's going to feel like it doesn't lie right with us because it's not part of our culture to be unwelcoming. It's not part of our culture to be spirit weird. So if someone comes in and is a bit weird with us, then we go, okay, that doesn't really fit with the way we do things around here. That's not the way Riverside works. And that person has got a choice. They can either choose to become part of the church and let the culture that we carry change them and influence them for good, hopefully, or they can be at odds with our culture. They can, they can go like stroking the dog the wrong way. One thing that's not going to happen is they're not going to change our culture. Because our culture doesn't rest on one or two people. It rests on all of us carrying the values that we carry and so important to us. So that person can either stick around and be influenced and change or they can find it hard. But they're not going to come and change our culture into something we don't want it to be because they carry that value or that belief. Our culture is woven through our organisation. And we've seen that with our, our warmth of welcome. And I'm saying what to say, guys, that developing cultures is so important in the life of a church because sermon series come and go, but cultures stick around. And so we've done this series, Life of Try, to try and kickstart a culture that we think is really important for the life of the church, a life of trying to partner with the activity of God. 
And we've heard some great stories today about people stepping out and doing these small things. And we want this series to be a springboard into a culture. Jordan Seng, who's a pastor of a church in Hawaii, who I've lent into a lot of his material over these past few weeks, he's got a great phrase. Here's Jordan, and he says this. The kingdom of heaven on earth is like a bunch of ordinary people who try like nobody's business. And I just love this, the normality of that phrase. The kingdom of heaven is about a bunch of people getting together and trying stuff like nobody's business, trying to partner with God. Wouldn't it be great if we developed a culture that outlasted these talks? A culture where we became a people who try God's stuff like nobody's business. When people talk about Riverside outside this building, they say, oh, no, the, the, the nice guys who warm welcome. Oh, don't they just try loads of stuff? Some stuff works, some doesn't. Like, don't they just try loads of stuff to really be a positive influence in the community? Wouldn't it be lovely if we managed to weave a culture of try through our church community as we've done with our welcome? Wouldn't it be good if we just got good at trying stuff and not worrying necessarily about whether we succeed or fail, but actually just trying to put ourselves out there and being a positive influence for God and for the community? Throughout this series, we've looked at and we have different perspectives. Some of the things that help us or hinder us in terms of trying to respond to God. Some of the tools we've talked about. And hopefully you can go back and revisit those and apply those. But as I close today, I want to just talk about a few, just a few things to try and help us embed and develop this kingdom culture in our lives. So just a few little things that might kind of help us. The first one is that try has a tribe. It's easy to try with other triers. It's easier to try stuff if you're around other people who are trying. Sometimes you listen to an expert or it can make you feel de-skilled. It can make you feel like you're not qualified to do something. But if you hang out with triers, then you're more likely to try. Because somebody who tries can make you feel like you can try too. And as you hear their stories of success and failure and everything in between, it can make you feel, actually, I could have a go at that. I could try that. I could offer to pray for someone. I could just have a conversation with somebody. I could. I chatted to someone in the first service who, who for them, their stretch slash panic zone is to talk to a homeless person. Now, you wouldn't think it to talk to them. you think they're quite confident, but for them, that's way out there on their panic fringe, going up to a homeless person and chatting to them. They tried that this week. They went and chatted to someone in, in uh, Whistable High Street who was homeless, and uh, they had a conversation with me. They just stepped into that try moment. And it was so powerful because for them, it was way on the edge of what they would consider something they could do. But they tried it and they did it. And so when we're around other triers, we feel encouraged to try ourselves. We feel like actually, if we're part of a tribe of triers, then we can all have a go at this. And we can all share in those moments of success and failure and everything in between. So I want to encourage you and I want you to encourage me. Let's become a tribe of triers. Let's be people who are willing to step out and respond to those little God nudges as they come. And as we create that culture of trying, that culture will coach us into more kingdom trying. And we'll find some, suddenly we, this trying has got a life of its own and it's part of who we are as a church community. The second thing is try is full of grace. When we try stuff for God, we just see our frailty. We see our vulnerability. We realize how much we need God in this life. We realize how much we're not these self-sufficient creatures that sometimes we think we are. We lean into that. We lean into that vulnerability. And we want to lean into that grace that comes with our imperfection 
uh, and, our, and, our, and our partial understanding and hearing of God's voice. Lots of churches boast about their power over weakness, but the Apostle Paul boasted about his power in weakness. And so we want to really lean into our weakness as, as, hum, as humans and just say, God, we just need you. We want to lean into this life of try, recognizing as we do that, more than ever, we need to live by grace. We need to live not under guilt or shame or fear or religious obligation, but we need to live under grace. Grace for each other. Grace from you. Let ourselves off the hook and actually lean into the things of God. Because if we, you and me get better at kingdom trying, we're going to need more grace opportunities. Because sometimes it's going to go amazingly well, and sometimes it isn't going to go well at all. And we're going to need to be there for each other in grace and allow ourselves to receive God's grace and be gracious to one another. God loves you and loves me in our imperfection and in our weakness and in our vulnerability. And he chose to partner with us. He chose to use us exactly as we are to extend his kingdom, to become those channels. So we're not waiting for a better day when we become perfect or more educated or more equipped or more knowledgeable. We're just going with where we are, leaning into our our imperfection and letting the Lord use us. So we need to become a people of grace. And lastly, try is worth celebrating. Try is always worth celebrating. Culture tends to become what we celebrate. So the world tends to celebrate fame, doesn't it? So what we have now is a celebrity culture. You know, that's what gets championed all the time, fame. So we now have, we live in a culture of celebrity where celebrity is esteemed. We want to celebrate and champion in our church a culture of trying just as we celebrated and championed a culture of welcome. So as we celebrate and champion try stories, then they become part of our culture. If someone stands up and says, I want to share a try story, straight away for me, that's a win. I don't need to know how it ends. I just need to know they've tried, because that, for me, is a win. They've actually stepped out and tried to respond to the Holy Spirit. Regardless of whether that was a success or failure in their eyes, they've tried. They've tried to step out and respond to God. So we want to be a culture that continues to celebrate trying as we go forward. I would love you to come to me and say, I've got a try story. At that point, I'm like, great. I don't need to know how it it ended. It's just a try story. And that, for me, is part of the culture that we want to create at Riverside. So as we come to Land Guides on this series, if you can just take one thing away... One thing away from the past eight weeks is that God wants to use you to try kingdom stuff. You are uniquely placed and uniquely qualified to do what God wants you to do. When you look at yourself, all you see is all your imperfections and all your shortcomings and all the things that you feel you're not good at. But actually, you're uniquely placed by God to do the kingdom trying that he wants you to do. In fact, the kingdom trying that no one else can do on your behalf. You're uniquely placed in your situation with the people around you, your geography, to do the kingdom trying that God's called you to do, to be the channel of God's love that he wants you to be. And often in church, we look to the left and to the right, don't we compare and we contrast, but actually, it's you that this series is designed for. (laughs) If it was just me and you in the room, it would still be valid. This series is designed for you, because God wants you to be an agent of kingdom blessing. Let's stand together if we're able. Let's just pray as we bring this series into land.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for your journey with us over these past few weeks. We thank you for the encouragement of your spirit. We thank you for the power of testimony. We thank you for the stories and the gospels, God, that we've looked at. God, we thank you that you choose us to be the, the vehicle of your love to the earth. You choose us, God, in all our imperfection, in all our inconsistency, our frailty, God. You choose us to be the conduit of your love. So, Lord, would you help us, please, as we, as we move on from this series, God, to develop a culture of try, a culture of being receptive to your spirit, of being expectant that you want to use us, God. You want to speak to us. And, God, we just want more and more try stories, God, more and more opportunities where we step out in love. Because we know, God, it's in your hands, but we know if we never try, God, there can never be a story. So, Lord, I just pray for seeds to land on good soil today. I thank you for everyone who's stepped out bravely. I thank you for everybody who's about to step out. God, help us become a tribe of try. Help us to be known to the people who try like nobody's business as we try and respond to the leading of your spirit. And we ask this in your precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to contact us about this talk, to hear more or to find out about Riverside Church Whitstable then visit our website at riversideuk.org Also you can contact us through our Facebook page or tweet us at Whit Riverside.